Let's give a huge 10 o'clock welcome to Albert Tate, would you? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. How y'all doing? Oh, my goodness. I am so glad to be here. I'm so excited to be here to open up God's Word once again. Amen. Look at that outfit right there. I saw that in the pro shop yesterday. Check you out. You got that thing. Do y'all see this? Stand up. Oh, y'all probably seen it before. Stand up. It's kind of like this. Y'all seen that? Check you out. This is... It's so cool because you're so bashful and shy. You gotta be. If you... You were in that outfit, you gotta be, man. I saw it in the pro shop. Do you know that outfit cost $5 million in the pro shop? I said, you must have caught it on sale or something. I like that, man. It is, it is so good to be back in Green Bay. I just absolutely love uh, being out here. Last time I was here, I came in uh, like early March. November is such a better time to be here. Uh, man, it feels so much better. It feels so good uh, to be here, and I'm excited to open up. God's word. Before, before, I, before I jump in here, just a couple of uh, announcements. Number one, first, first things first, uh, I'm black. I don't freak me out the first time I heard it too. I was like, what? Nobody tell me that. Uh, so, so, I mean, what that means, I grew up in Mississippi. I'm from the South originally, and I grew up in a church, man. And, 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 and in church, man, where I grew up, it was active listening. Like, they talk back to you when you're talking. I had a, I had a Aunt Vicky. My Aunt Vicky would talk to the preacher. She, she, he'd go, start going, and he'll, he'll get to going really good, and she'll, she'll say, come on with some more. She's yelling out at her. I'm thinking you got to be careful, though, because after a while, if you start taking too long, she'll say, all right, bring it on home now. It's, it's bring it on home now. Come on. So, so you got to be careful. And so when I started preaching in, like, different cultures and different, different places in majority white rooms, man, I, I just had to get adjusted. Because y'all talk back, you just do it differently. Like, y'all say amen, you just kind of do it differently. When, when white people say amen at church, this is what it sounds. This is how y'all say amen. It's a long time, ain't it? Well, now you see how I feel. <laughs> and then when y'all really get excited, like when you get goosebumps, when like the spirit is really moving, then y'all really turn up. Y'all really do the thing. Y'all do this. Y'all do, huh? <laughs> so y'all, y'all give me some active listening. Let's practice. Somebody say amen. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. So I'm excited to open up God's word today um, and just to experience all that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Would you open your Bibles and meet me in the book of John chapter 4? The book of John chapter 4. As we prepare our hearts and minds to hear the word of God. John chapter 4. Hear these words. Oh, 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 yeah. If you, if you, um, if you, if you need a Bible, uh, if you, you just raise your hand, we'd love to give you a Bible. Just throw your hands up there, there, ready. So if you need a Bible, just throw your hands up. They'll gladly serve you as we jump in the Word of God. Let me go up front up here. There we go. All right, a brother, they didn't give me a long time to preach, so 
y'all going to have to catch up because I, I ain't got time to be waiting on everybody to get a Bible. So I know that sounds mean, but trust me, I got to get out of here. I got, they got 30. Look, the clock has already started. I told y'all to stop starting the clock right now. So listen, what, is, what does that mean? Now, now, I told you, man, I'm a black dude, and I need time to preach, man. And it is, I feel like it is oppressive and racist to have a clock counting me down and up there. And then the girl that's running the clock is white. So it's like, and she on the light. So I feel like it's double prejudice to do clock and lights. How racist can one church be, Troy Murphy? My goodness. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to preach till 1 o'clock just for that. In, in the dark. It won't be the first time I preached in the dark, huh? Harper, ain't that right? This is Harper. She runs the production over here. Before, before this moment, she had all the control, but now I have all the control. Take your shoes off, girl. We're going to be here for a while today. We're going to be here all night long. All night. All night. Okay. All right. We ready? Everybody got their Bibles? We good? John chapter 4, verse 4 hear these words of our father. Now we had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sachar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, if you, give me the, if you, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, uh, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Sir, this woman said, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus answered and said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. As a matter of fact, the fact is you've had one, two, three, four, five, six husbands, and the man you're sleeping with now is not your husband. Oh, hold on, wait. Yes, verse 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews." 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Because Jesus would kill them if he asked those kinds of questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. This verse 28. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for this great pastor and his family and this amazing team. Uh, thank you for the elders, Father. Uh, thank you for the village, those that are gathered together. Father, I pray that as we watch on the screen, as we sit and as we hear the word, would you speak to us, Father? Your children have gathered to listen, so Father, would you tune our ear to your voices so that we might hear you ever so clearly? Would you turn our hearts toward you so that we might experience the fullness of all that you have for us? God, it's to that end that I ask that you stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, those things you would have us say, know, and do. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Every heart said amen. 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 Now you can start the clock. Oh. Verse 4, Jesus says, now we must go through Samaria. If you're not careful, uh, you won't pay attention to that. You'll just go right past that and not see the cultural significance of that statement. We must go through Samaria is a big deal because culturally, Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. As a matter of fact, they hated Samaritans. They did not get along at all. It's like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. It is not happening. It is not going to be a good time. It's like Tupac and Biggie. Like, it's not going to go down at all. It's not going on at all. This lady was like, who is Biggie? I don't understand. What is Biggie? Yeah, look, Urban Dictionary, honey. Um, so... They didn't get along. As a matter of fact, Jews saw Samaritans as like this, 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 these mutts, these mongrels, these mixed breed because they had intermarried with other cultures and they had entertained other gods. So they had totally disqualified them. They didn't want to be around them. As a matter of fact, they hated them so much that when traveling on a journey, they would go around Samaria just to avoid having to see Samaritans. So you can imagine the disciples' surprise when they prepared to turn left and go around. Samaria and Jesus says no we must go through Samaria because when you're following Jesus Christ you don't get a chance to go around cultural class and socioeconomic differences you have to go through those people you don't get a chance to go around and avoid those people you go and engage people because when you follow Jesus Christ that means you do life with people that don't look like you don't live like you don't vote like you because Jesus Christ is about all people not just your people 
Friends, we've got to make sure and remember that Jesus Christ leads us to engage with all people. Sometimes I wonder what we think heaven's going to be like. Do you really think when you get to heaven it's going to be a white section, a black section, a Latino section, an Asian section? No. Every tongue, tribe, and race will be gathered together, all with one voice, gathered around God's throne, declaring, worthy is the lamb that was slain. We will all be God's people. We'll all be God's people. Parenthetically, though, y'all know if it was a black section in heaven, the music would be off the chain, right? Yeah. They'd be like, girl, I'm going to the black session tonight. <laughs> they be jamming over there, you know. He, he says we must go through Samaria. We must engage this area. And I'm glad he goes to Samaria because he goes to Samaria, and there in Samaria, he goes to the well where there was a woman there was looking for more. He goes to this well and Jesus, this rabbi, Jesus, standing at a well talking to a woman in Samaria, you, oh, you have no idea how inappropriate this picture is. Number one, a rabbi has no business being alone with a woman. Number two, a rabbi has no business being alone with a Samaritan woman. Number three, a rabbi has no business being alone with a Samaritan woman at a well. A well it just has romantic connotations. In, in literature back then, a well and a man and a woman at a well, it implies romance. It implies intention. It, it, it's kind of like if a guy invites you over and he says, we're going to watch a movie, and he puts on the notebook. You know if we're watching the notebook, it implies uh, an intention. Like, it's something, like you have romantic idea. We ain't friends watching a notebook. No friends ever sat down and watched a notebook. And if you started off as friends, at the end of the notebook, you wasn't friends no more. It's like we are, we are now more than friends because of that scene. You know, it's like, so Jesus at the well, it's, he's not supposed to be there. It's not a good look. It's not, he's not supposed to be there. I'm so glad that we serve a God that'll go to places where he's not supposed to be to reach lost people. I'm so glad. Because, because he did that for me. I was someplace where I had no business being, and God came, and he found me. And I know many of you were in places where you should not have been, but God came and found you. We ought to just thank God for being a God who will come to places where he's not supposed to be. Can we just thank God for that this morning? Thank you, Jesus, for coming to places where you should not have been. He goes and he... He sees this woman, and I love the way he engages her. He, 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 he converses with her. He, the way he engages her, like if there was ever any question of whether or not Jesus got game, it's clear. Like Jesus had game. I'm sorry, game. Uh, influence and persuasive speech in order to persuade his listener. Uh, the, the game. He, he had game. Listen, listen, to how he, listen to how he talked to the woman. He said, Give me something to drink. <laughs> but, but the woman, though, in the text, you can just hear her attitude in the text. I can, I can just hear her attitude. And she says, first of all, why are you even talking to me? Your people don't like my people, and my people don't like your people. So why are you even talking to me? I love it, though. Jesus came right back. Jesus wasn't tripping at all. Uh, I'm sorry, tripping, dismayed or discouraged by the lack of receptivity to her, to his initial offering. Um, 
He wasn't tripping at all. He wasn't tripping. He says, he says, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me to give you something to drink. You don't even have a cup. You ain't even got nothing to draw from the well from. And, uh, and, and you, I'm going to ask you for your own water. You got your own water? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy now. Like, like, like you got your own version of the water? Like, this water is good. Like, Jacob drank from this well. Jacob's children drank from this well. Jacob's dog drank from this well. If you would ask me for water, I would have given you living water, water that dwells within you, water that springs up new life. Because the water that I give you, you will never have to come back to this well again. Because the water that I give you will quench your deepest, longest thirst. Your, your, the water that I give you will spring up, it will dwell in you, and it will spring up new life. And the water that I give you, you will never, ever thirst again. Because the water that I give you will spring and give you new life from within. <laughs> Can I have some of that water, please? Because this woman knew what it was like to be thirsty. She knew what it was like to be empty. She knew what it was like to desire more. She knew what it was like to have to keep coming over and over and over and leaving empty. She knew what it was like to be in isolation. She knew what it was like to be thirsty. So at the very thought, the very idea of her not having to thirst anymore, the very idea of her soul being satisfied from within, she immediately leaped at the opportunity and she says, please give me this water because I don't want to have to keep living like this. I don't want to have to keep living with this thirst, with this desire. I don't have to want to keep living, having to come back to this well empty time and time again. Please give me this water so that I don't have to live like this anymore. She knew what it was like to be thirsty. Like many of us, we come to this service today and many of us know what it's like to be thirsty. We know what it's like to go from Sunday to Sunday and week to week, day after day, feeling empty, feeling hollow inside, desperately longing for something more, but repeatedly disappointed because I'm never satisfied. So we, like her, oftentimes say, God, give me this water. Jesus, hearing her desperate plea, he says to her, all right, I'll give you the water, but first, go get your husband. Da, 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 da. The plot thickens. Jesus introduces something that we hadn't seen previously in the text. He exposes a plot line that was uh, uh, not visible to plain sight, but he used his, his, his divinity, this peer inside of her life, and he knew that there was something else going on with this woman. See, this was no ordinary woman. <laughs> this was no ordinary woman. This woman, this woman, the text will reveal this woman is a, see, how do I say it? Uh, this woman was a a lot of children didn't go to children's church. This woman, uh, this woman was a, a woman of the night, if you will. Y'all ain't getting it. Uh, let me see. Uh, 
Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, she, she, had a, she had a men's ministry. Okay, okay, okay. This woman, this woman, she, 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 she said, I have no husband. He says, you're right, you have no husband. As a matter of fact, you've had one, two, three, four, five men, and the man you're with now is not your husband. He says, go get your husband. He calls out this area in her life that she would love to have kept secret. She, she calls out this area in her, he calls out this area in her life that she would love to help keep, 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 keep cloaked in silence and, and, and guilt and shame. He says, go get your husband. Go get the area in your life that you're not proud of. Go get the area in your life marked with struggle and failure. Go get the area in your life marked with guilt and shame. Go get the area in your life that you would shh. Don't talk about in life group. Go get the area in your life where you're struggling. Go get the area in your life that's caused you to be sneaking to this well at noon because all the other ladies came top of the morning, but here you are living in isolation and you're hiding and you're marked with guilt and shame and secrecy. That's what I want. Go get that area. If you want this living water, bring me the area that's jacked up. Bring me the area that's marked with failure. Bring me the area that's, that's marked with guilt and shame. Don't just bring me the good stuff. Just don't, and don't just take my water. No, no, no. If you're going to experience the fullness of what I have for you, you've got to go get all of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Go get your husband. Bring me the broken pieces. Bring me the pornography addiction. Bring me the, bring me the insecurity. Bring me the bitterness. Bring me the unforgiveness. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. You ask for the water. You want the water? You want the fullness of all that I have? Bring me all of you. Bring me the secret places. Bring me the stuff you don't talk about. Bring me the areas. Some of you, you got areas that's marked with, the, 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 it, it, you're not even doing the sin anymore, but the shame from the sin still hovers over you. Bring me the shame. Bring me the lies that Satan tells that you still believe about you. Go get your husband. Go get the area in your life that shh, church people don't talk about. See, the problem, the problem is, that's why I love Jesus. I'm, I'm glad that he comes to these kinds of places because oftentimes, if you're not careful, we'll turn church into this beautiful, clean, nice, holistic, organized, just beautiful, re re resolved place. And you won't deal with the ugliness of our lives because it's so easy in religious gatherings like this when we gather together to just put on the, put on the church face. Just put on the face. I got it all together. Everything's going great. Because you see the areas in your life that are messed up, but before you raise your hand and say, I need some help, you'll look around and you, you see nobody else looks like they're struggling. Everyone else looks like they got it together. So you see the couple, and look at that couple. They're worshiping together. They're singing together. They're looking together. Look, they're holding hands. I was, I didn't want to hold my wife's hand. I wanted to choke her before I walked in. It's like, this is different. It's like, it's like, oh, look at them, look at them, look at their kids. They're so well-behaved, and my kids are bad, jumping all up on the walls, tearing stuff up. Like, look at you. Say, like, look at that woman. Look at that mom. She's a much better mom than I am. Look at her. We're both in high school. She just looks so perfect. It takes me forever to get dressed because I feel so insecure about how I look. 
Nobody else has an eating disorder. No one else is struggling with their marriage. No one else is struggling with, with drug addiction. No one else is struggling with insecurity so much so that every time I dress, I'm thinking about what people are going to say about how I look because I'm consumed with it. And it's not like I'm, 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 I'm arrogant. To be honest, I'm the opposite of arrogant. I'm so insecure, I'm just hoping that someone notices me. But I look around and nobody else looks like they're struggling like that. No one else is struggling with lust and addiction on the computer. No one else is struggling with, 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 with people pleasing. So I feel like when I go to class and when I go to school, I've got to try to please people all the time. So it's never about what I want. I'm always trying to please people. And my parents, they're going through a divorce, so they don't really notice me. So I'm trying to please them because I'm trying to keep them happy because I don't want to add to the hurt that's in their life. But I look around and nobody else looks like they're struggling with this. So I feel like I'm the only one. So it's so good to have a God who can see my struggle, see my brokenness, and not ignore it. Not look away and say, here, take the living water, but cover that other stuff up. I got a God that doesn't want to cover me up, but he wants to expose me. He wants me to bring out the brokenness. He wants me to expose those areas. Not hide them, but he wants to expose them. Satan would love to keep you in secrecy. He would love to keep you in hiding. He would love to keep you shh. He'd love to keep you quiet. But God says if you really want the living water, this living water is going to have to flow in every area of your life. So that means I need your hands. I need your feet. I need your mind. I need your heart. I need your soul. I need all of you. Not only do I need all of you, but I want all of you because I love all of you. I love you too much to leave you this empty, this lonely, this isolated, this broken. I love you enough to come where you are, but I love you too much to leave you where you are. Go get your husband. Go get it. Bring me the area that Satan has lied and told you you could never tell anybody. Bring it to me because I don't want to expose you. I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I just feel I just, I just feel like Satan has been lying to people in here today. And you've been thinking that you're the only one. As a matter of fact, let's just, let's just go and do this. Let's do this right now. If you, if you got areas in your life or had seasons in your life and had mistakes in your life, had failures in your life, had, you've missed the mark in your life, if, that, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Raise them up. Now leave them up. Leave them up. Leave them up. Look around. Look around. Leave them up. Look around. You see that cute couple that you thought was perfect? Look, their hand is up. You saw the, the hot guy you were checking out doing worship? Look, his hand is up. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn, turn to the person sitting beside you. Turn to him, and I want you to say out loud. Tell him, say, neighbor. Turn to the person sitting next to you. Say out loud. Say, neighbor. I'm so glad to see Lady, I said, turn around. Stop looking at me. Turn around and be obedient before I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Say, neighbor, I'm so glad to see. Village, I want y'all hands up and look around. Uh, be obedient, all right? I'm so glad to see that you just as jacked up as I am. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> 
one lady, she looked at her, she said, I've been wanting to tell you this for 25 years of marriage. You just dressed as jacked up as I am. She's like, honey, oh, it's over, baby. Stop it. Two days later, you dressed as jacked up as I am. <laughs> honey, church was Sunday. It's later now. Don't believe the lie, friends, that you got to keep living like this. Some of you, God says, I brought you to this well today to give you what you've been desperately longing for, this living water. She says to him, she says, you must be a prophet or something. He says, she says, she says, okay, okay, okay. And she goes all religious on him. She goes, she goes religious. She says, okay, 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 you're religious. Okay, listen, you, you Jews say that we should worship in this mountain, but uh, we shouldn't worship in this mountain. But, but, uh, but, but you, you say we don't even know what we worship. You, you, and, 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 and she begins to defend a religion that's not even working for her. She begins to defend her dysfunction. What is it about us that forces us to defend our dysfunction? It ain't working for you. You're not satisfied. So why are you? And he tells her, you worship what you do not know. You don't know what you worship. What is it about us when we get called out in areas, we start defending stuff that we know is broken, that we know is not working? I call it the, I call it the Taylor Swift theology. Taylor Swift theology. It's, it's this idea. Taylor says this. The great, great theologian, the great prophet Taylor Swift says this. She says, and we will never, ever, ever get back together. We will never, ever get back together. Well, why are you still singing about him then? Like, if y'all ain't gonna ever, ever, ever get together, why he get a whole song? He get a whole song? Like, you just gonna walk around the whole country and the world, you gonna be singing about this dude that you are completely over. If you, if you done with the dysfunction, why start singing about it? Could it be that they might be broke up, but in her lyrics and in her songs and in her mind, they're still together? Because... You don't sing about a dysfunction, you leave a dysfunction. And I fear that many of us, we find cool ways to stay in our dysfunction, to still keep it around. Whether it's a song, whether it's the posture of your heart, you still find yourself staying in your dysfunction. God didn't die on the cross for you to stay in your dysfunction. He died on the cross and rose again with all power so that you might be set free. And who the Son set free is free indeed. You don't have to die like this. So Jesus then responds to her. He says, a time is coming and now is where geographically it's not about where you worship. It's not about where you worship, whether you worship in this mountain or whether you worship here in Jerusalem. It's not about where you worship. It's about how you worship. It's not about what you do with your hands. It's about what you do with your heart in worship. That was good. Somebody ought to tweet that one. That was good. Not about what you do with your hands in worship. It's about what you do with your heart in worship. Time is coming and now is where you can worship him in spirit and in truth. It's about the honesty and the vulnerability of your heart. And the purity of your 
motive and desire and not about where you worship geographically. Well, he got her on that one. And she concedes the point. She says, I know. I know that the Messiah, she knew who the Messiah was. I know that the Messiah called Christ. I know he's coming. And when he comes, he's going to, it's going to make everything all right. And it was as if she knew that there is a hope, but the hope is deferred until the Messiah comes. I know that I don't have to live like this. I know that there are areas that are messed up. I know that this is not how I'm supposed to be. I know that there is more out there, but I know that now is not the time for my deliverance because the Messiah hadn't come yet. So she says, I know there's more. I know the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he'll make all things new. Can you imagine the excitement? The joy when Jesus then says to her, the Messiah that you hope for, the Messiah that you're longing for, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to live like this anymore. You don't have to go another night like this. You don't have to go another day dying of thirst. You don't have to lay your head to pillow crying those same old tears. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to walk in defeat. The one that you have been waiting on is right here, and he has come to see about you, the Messiah that you desperately long for. I am he. I have come all the way from Southern California to Green Bay to tell you the one that you have been waiting for, the one that you you have been looking for, the one that you desperately desire, he is here. The Messiah has come so that you might have life. Just then, the disciples walk up. And I love it. The disciples walk up and they look and they be like, Jesus is going to get us killed, man. What is he doing talking to this woman at the well in Samaria? Who is this dude? But I love it because it says they was thinking that, but they didn't say that. You know what I mean? It's like, I ain't going to say that to Jesus. Jesus might kill me, Jack. I ain't going to say nothing to Jesus. So it's like they thinking all this thought, but they say, I'm not going to say, you going to say something? I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. You read the Old Testament. You know, Jesus, the Old Testament, God will kill you for talking crazy. I ain't going to say nothing like that. Let's just ask him if he has something to eat. Jesus, are you hungry? Want something to eat? You ate something? Just then, the woman leaves her water jar and runs into the city. I love it. She, she, she leaves her water jar, her, her water jar, her, her method of carrying water, her method, her way, her system. She leaves her method, her way, her system. Implication, there was a new way. There was a new method. There was a new system dwelling down in her soul. She no longer needed her way because now she was following God's way, and God's way was embedded in her soul. She left her way of doing things and trusted God's way of doing things. Said she ran in the city and said, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done and y'all know I done done a whole lot of stuff could this be the Messiah friends some of you today you need to leave your water jar you need to leave your way 
and follow God's way for your life so that he can satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. What God wants to do in your heart and life, he wants to satisfy you like nothing else can, like no one else can. The question is, are you willing to leave your water jar and trust God's way for your life so that the living water might be yours? You want this living water? Go get your husband. Go get that area. Go get that, go get that area that he desperately needs to break into. Would you do me a favor? Would you, would you join me in prayer? All over the room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If your head's bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray for those of you who are in this room. And you say, Albert, that's me. I want the living water, but there are areas in my life that have been outside of God's reach, outside of God's hand. There are areas in my life that are broken that are marked with guilt and shame, their relationships. There's somebody in here that's in relationship that needs to, that desperately needs to break away so that God might break in. If you're in this room and say, Albert, I need to leave my water jar. Um, I've been holding on to my way for so long and I'm, it's left me unsatisfied. It's left me longing for more. It's never quenched my thirst. Today, I want to leave my way, my water jar. And I want to trust, trust God to be my living water. If you're in this room, you say, Albert, I, I'm ready to leave my water jar, leave my water pot. I've been doing this thing my way and I don't want to go another day like this. There is something more. There is something more. There is something more. God is saying it's time. It's time for you to receive the more that he has for you. If you're in this room, I want to do something here in the village as you're watching. I want to ask you to do something that's going to require a little courage. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. If you're sitting here today and you're ready to leave your water pot, you're ready to leave your way, you're ready to bring your husband, this area in your life, if you're ready to give it to Jesus, unlike you've ever had before, if that's you and you're in this room, if that's you, just stand up right where you are. Just stand up right where you are. That's you. Father, I'm ready to leave my water pot. I've been carrying this for too long. I've gone too far like this. If that's you, just stand up right where you are. God, I, I don't want to have to go another day like this. I'm bringing you this area. I'm bringing you the unforgiveness. I'm bringing you the addiction. I'm bringing you the insecurity. 
bringing you the sinful, sinful ways that, that have become too normal. bringing you the people pleasing it's amazing God I, f I spend more time trying to figure out how to please, please people than I spend trying to please you I bring you the relationship because I look for relationships to save me and instead of God to save me so I'm bringing you my relationships no longer will I control them Jesus I surrender them to you I don't know who you are, but I sense that there's somebody in this room who's, who's in a relationship that's pushing you to inappropriate behavior. The relationship is pushing you to inappropriate behavior. And you have feared that if I don't go there in the relationship, that I might lose the relationship. So you're tempted to compromise your values to keep this relationship. If that's you, Jesus is saying, make me the most important relationship in your life. And walk away from the thing that's trying to drive you away from me. I don't know who you are, but there's somebody in this room that needs to walk away from a relationship that's driving them to an ungodly place. If you're in this room, say, Albert, I'm ready to leave my water pot. If that's you, a few more moments, just stand. Stand where you are. If you're wrestling... Can I just tell you, as somebody who's wrestled many days with God, can I just tell you, you don't wrestle with this God. He's too big for you. <laughs> can I just, he's too big. You don't wrestle this God, you rest in this God. You don't run from this God, you run to this God. He's too big and he's too good for you to wrestle with him. What would it mean for you, you wrestler? What would it mean for you instead of wrestling this Sunday if you waved the white flag and told him yes? What would it mean for you to get in the car and not second guess or not doubt or have regret? What would it mean for you to get in the car this time saying, I gave God a full yes? If you're in this room and you're wrestling and today, today you say, I want to wave the white flag and I want to trust him this time. I want to depend on him this time. I've tried my way and I've seen where my way has got me. Try his. If you could fix yourself, you would have been fixed a long time ago. If you could get yourself out, you would have gotten yourself out a long time ago. Listen, it's not about what you do. It's about what he has done. Try him. You tried everybody else. Try Jesus now. So if that's you and you're wrestling, if you, want to, if you want to wave the white flag and this time tell God yes, don't tell him to wait. Don't tell him later. Tell him yes. The one you have been waiting on, I am he. If that's you and you're ready to wave the white flag and you don't want to wrestle anymore, if that's you, just stand right where you are. No more wrestling. No wrestling. Just stand right where you are. No wrestling. No wrestling. I'm just going to give you a yes. I'm just going to give you a yes, God. Yes, God. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. I'm not going to fight you this time. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Hallelujah. Ten more seconds and I'm going to pray. If you had ten seconds to trust God and give him a yes, would you trust him? Would you believe God for your life? 
You had seven seconds left. Would you tell hell no and tell heaven yes? God, I'm yours, completely yours. Would you trust him? You were down to five seconds. Would you stand on his promise or just sit on the premises? You had two seconds. What would it mean for you to believe God with it all this time? You're down to one second. My brother, my sister, would you just lift your hands and tell him yes? Would you just tell him, just yes, Lord, yes. You're all I have. You're all I need. All over the room, those of you that are standing, if you will, just stretch those hands towards heaven as, as high as you can get them. As high as you can get them. Father, all over this room, our hands are stretched up. It's a universal sign. It's the sign that says, I give up. It's the sign that says, I surrender. It's the sign that says, I ain't fighting no more. I'm not resisting arrest. I've been convicted. The Holy Spirit arrest me. Hallelujah. The verdict is, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. My sentence, an eternity of his love and grace. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the ability today to tell you yes. God, I've told you no so many times before, and I repent. I repent of my sins. I repent of my rejection. But today, my heart says yes. My mind says yes. My soul says yes. Every fiber of my being, Lord, have all of me. I go get my husband. I go get the secret places. Have full occupancy in my life and in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. Have full control. This isn't a partial takeover. It's a complete takeover. All of me, God. All of me. All of me, God. All of me. I surrender. I leave my way. And I follow your way. And your way just isn't some moment in church on a Sunday in a prayer. Your way is a journey. Every day. Day by day. Father, teach me to follow your ways. I trust you. Thank you for loving me so good. Thank you for loving me. Back to your arms. Thank you for stopping by this well today to see about me. And now, Father, I thank you for not leaving me here. Take me to your purpose, your plan. Fulfill your promise for my life. I'll never be the same again forever changed because today I leave my water jar right here and I receive the living water fill me God fill me feed me till I want no more in Jesus name every heart said amen amen church would you just put those hands together and celebrate Jesus for what he's done oh come on you can do better than that come on celebrate Jesus Celebrate Jesus in here. Come on, let's lift his name up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. I said for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Just listen, just high five three people and tell them the Lord is good. High five three people. Tell them, tell them the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Listen, today's a special day. Y'all take a seat real quick. Today's a special day. Today we have baptisms. And what I love about this church, y'all a little crazy. We got people scheduled to be baptized, but there's a schedule in heaven that it's not revealed until right now. And we want to give you, as crazy as it sounds, we want to give some of you an opportunity to be baptized. Maybe you heard and received the living water on the inside, and you want to celebrate and celebrate what the Lord has done on the inside by being baptized in water on the outside. So we got a shirt for you, a towel for you to dry you off. Most importantly, we've got a thousands of years of tradition that we want to invite you into joining in with Christians throughout all of history that acknowledge amen by the power of baptisms. All over the room, one more time, let's pray. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're in this room and you say, Albert, I want to get baptized today. I want to not only receive the living water, but I want to be baptized in the water to demonstrate my commitment to Jesus Christ my likeness to his death and to his resurrection symbolizes the new me and I want the world to know that I am a follower of Jesus Christ I think if this woman if she had an opportunity to be baptized that day when she went running from the well I really think she would have because what baptism is, what baptism is is what she said come see the change that's happened in my life if you want to be baptized today, if that's you, would you just stand right where you are? Say, Albert, I want to do it today. I want to be baptized today. If that's you, just stand right where you are. Just stand right where you are. I want to make the commitment today. Hallelujah. I want to make the commitment today. A few more moments. Anyone else? I want to get in today. I want to be a part of this celebration. Hallelujah. Well, in a few moments, I'm going to say amen. And when I say amen, I want this place to erupt into applause. And while I'm celebrating, and while we're celebrating, those of you that are standing, you're going to walk over to my right, to the cross, where the elders are going to meet you, get you ready, and pray for you, and give you a shirt. And we are going to start one of the greatest parties on this side of heaven. Because this is what heaven does when we come to him. They throw a party. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters that are standing. Thank you for those that are still sitting but on the fence. I pray that you would push them over by the power of your Holy Spirit. If it's your will for them to get in today, Father, I pray that fear wouldn't stand in the way. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, the courage that it takes to stand and to be baptized. Thank you for them. We receive them now into the family of faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's celebrate. Y'all come on. Y'all come on up. Y'all come on over. Listen, even if you didn't stand, if there's anyone else that wants to come, just come on up. Just come on up at any time if you want to be baptized. Come on, church. Make some noise. God is so good. God is so good. 
God is so good. While they're, being, while they're getting ready, listen, at any time, if you want to be baptized, just come on up. Our elders will pray for you and prepare you. Hallelujah. Church, one more time, let's thank God for his goodness.